Nick here, live on beautiful November 18th. I love I loved November 18th. It's a great day to be live in your ears. And this is the Tennis Podcast, the show where we guess each other's top 10 lists. And also, my name is Brandon. <laughs> yep. Brandon, how are you today? I'm great. I brought the list today. It's my list this week. What do you want to talk about? This week, we're going to talk about the top seven. It's not 10 this week. It's seven. Top seven female country singers. Oh, good. I was hoping you'd bring a list that I will do fucking horribly on. I had a feeling you would not. Even though most people... No, wait. You s- I think most people will know these. I think most people will be a lot much more familiar with these ladies than you are. But mostly that's your fault. That's a That says more about you than it does about female others. Female country singers? Country country singers, yes. So, there's singers. Which are... Well, okay. It's I the guess same, they don't it's be the singers same thing. Anyway. Yeah. And they're female. Yes. And they're based on what? Well, mostly based on the number of uh, albums they've sold. Okay. There's more that goes into it than that, but it's largely based on the number of albums sold. And what's your source? It's a collection. You say it's based mostly on album sales. What else is it based on? I mean, you'll see. There's not going to be any fucking arguing with it. Like awards, the number, like their body of work. Okay. Okay, so top female country singers. Hmm. All of these are household names. Maybe not your musically ignorant household, but most households know these names. Well, I'm just glad we don't have to talk about Garth Brooks. I bet I could guess a few of them. Would Shania Twain be considered a country? Yeah, Shania Twain is number three on the list. Knew it. Do you, what does Shania Twain sing? Man, I feel like a woman. Hey! Stop it. Stop it. We don't want to pay her anything. We definitely don't want to pay her for your, don't impress me your shitty version of it. No, Shania no, Twain no. has sold over 100 million records. That's fucking incredible. Mostly because they don't sound like what you just did. She's the best-selling female artist in country music history. And among the best-selling music artists of all time. You know, sorry, when I think of Shania Twain now, all I can think about is Hank in Breaking Bad season one. Someone says they want something and he says like, yeah, and I want Shania Twain to give me a tuggy. <laughs> like, if he's making wishes that involve Shania Twain, why is he stopping at her just giving him a hand job? Well. So, she's got five Grammy Awards, 27 BMI Songwriter Awards, which I guess you have to have a very specific body measurement index she has stars on canada's walk of fame and the hollywood walk of fame and she's been inducted that's right she's yeah she's canadian she was born eileen regina edwards in ontario canada 1965 she's a fake not even using her real name and she's canadian you can be canadian be country but this is bad she does have a completely made up name uh, she collaborated with producer and then her husband, a guy named Mutt Lange, a guy named Mutt, and she rose to is fame. Is that also a made-up name? I'm sorry? Is Mutt Range also a made-up name? Lange. And no. Okay. So, she rose to fame with her second studio album, and that's where most people know, know her from. She's got that song, Any Man of Mine. Oh, that's right. You Win My Love. <laughs> 
Any man of mine. Something hey, 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 hey. Like, you cannot do that anymore on, on this. You've got it out of your system. Uh, she did You're Still the One. That don't impress mm. me much where she shits on Brad Pitt out of nowhere. And yes, man, I feel like a woman. Man, exclamation point. I feel like a woman, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. That song title has two exclamation points. She's had a couple of residencies in Las Vegas, which is a, one of the big signs that you've made it, that you've passed making it, made it being made. The thing I was most excited to talk about with her is that she met this producer guy, Mutt, after he heard her original songs and her singing from her debut album. And then he produced, he offered to produce and write songs with her. So they met in June of 93 and they became close very quickly. And then they got married later that year and they had a son in 2001. In May of 2008, after 15 years of marriage, it was announced Twain and Lange were going to separate after Mutt allegedly had an affair with Twain's best friend. Oh. A woman goes by the name Marianne Thibault, Thibaud, whatever. She sounds French-Canadian. Well, by the way, I looked up Mutt Lange, who I had not seen or at least don't remember. Uh, not a handsome man. Shania Twain definitely uh, married down. Yeah. As so, they, they got divorced. That was finalized in 2010. And then after, like a few months after their divorce was finalized, it was reported Shania Twain was engaged to Swiss Nestle executive Frederick <laughs> Thibod, the ex-husband of Marianne. Wait, of her friend? Yeah. So, her best friend had sex with her husband and huh. they got a divorce. So, to get back at her, she got engaged to her ex-best friend's ex-husband. And then they got married in Puerto Rico in 2011. Well. Didn't know that? I don't know. You I didn't mean, know any of that no, shit. No, I didn't know that. Well, That's some Jerry uh, Springer uh, stuff. Jerry Springer hasn't been I, on a long time, but. We still reference him. He ought, he, we got to talk about Maury more, by the way. <laughs> Remember the Wash Your Ass Girl? <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, you said that she married uh, the other guy, Frederick, mm-hmm. to get back at her friend. Yeah. But you don't know that was the reason. It could have been true love. They could have bonded over the fact that their spouses left. Yeah, I guess I'm other. the cynical one after reading the other fucking half of that paragraph <laughs> where her yeah. best friend had an affair with her husband. Nah, man. She is living okay. the white trash dream. She's got all this country music money and now she can... I didn't know Canadians were allowed to do country music. Yeah. I can't think. Can you think of any other country artists from Shania or from uh, Canada? Um, John Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else on uh, nope. Miss Twain, listener of the show? That's it. Man, she's 55. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay, Shania Twain number three. Um, what about uh, Reba McIntyre? Reba McIntyre is number six on this list. I knew it. She's from Oklahoma, right? Reba McIntyre is from Oklahoma. She was born in 1955 in McAllister, Oklahoma. Ugh, so old. McAllister is uh, also home to the, uh, the state penitentiary. Yep. 
But because she didn't go to prison, instead, Reba McIntyre has made 29 studio albums. She, oh, my God. <laughs> no one should be allowed to make that many albums. Well, she's made 29 studio albums. Reba McIntyre has had 42 number one singles, 16 number mm-hmm. one albums, 28 albums that have gone gold, platinum, or multi-platinum in sales. That is dominating it. Mm-hmm. That's huge. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress in a TV Series Musical or Comedy for Reba. <laughs> the prestigious Golden Globe. She's sold Award. more than 95 million records worldwide. That, I mean, to put that into context, that's more than, you know, that's more than my favorite band, Nirvana. That's more than most. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's like top 25, I think. Yeah. Top 50. I maybe. know that like, I don't know. It may not sound like these ladies are killing it, but they all have killed it, whatever it is, in their own way. A lot, I think a lot of country singers seem like they don't know how to play guitar. Like I've never seen, well, I don't want to give away who else is on this list, but like I've never seen Shania Twain play guitar. She just holds the microphone and sings, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but... I've only yeah. seen Reba McIntyre sing, but I, she can play the guitar. She taught herself to play guitar when she was a child. And her and her siblings, who were part of a family that like, participated in the rodeo all the time, a rodeo family, her siblings and her formed a vocal group called the Singing McIntyres, and they performed at rodeos. Such a descriptive name for their group, the Singing McIntyres. In 1974, she was in college in Oklahoma planning to be a school teacher and she got hired to perform at the National Finals Rodeo in Oklahoma City. And National Finals Rodeo is like the Super Bowl of rodeo. So it was a big deal that she was singing the national anthem there to begin with. But a country artist named Red Stiegel, uh, who was also performing, saw her and helped her get, helped her launch her music career in uh, Nashville. So yeah, What's she kind of got... these country di- men... They all have weird names, Mutt and Red so far for the, the first two. Yeah, a ton of country dudes have, have weird names. It's kind of a Merle, Waylon. They have like, yeah, they've got weird names. Garth. Anyway, that's it for Reba. So, I'm ready for another guess. That's it. Okay, all right. Country artists. You know, is, I think she's considered country and that's Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood is definitely a country artist, and she is number four on this list. Hmm. Carrie Underwood has sold more than 65 million records worldwide. God, that's a lot in, you know, relatively short time. I mean, if you look at Shania and especially Reba, they've been around so much longer than Carrie Underwood. Yeah. She was only born, what was this, uh, 37 years ago. In Muskogee, Oklahoma, she was born in 1983. She's now was, uh, well, not now, this was in 2014. And she was listed by Time as one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2014. She is the top country artist of all time on the digital sales ranking and the highest certified huh. country album artist to debut in the 21st century. Seems like a lot of qualifiers to that fucking braggadocious statement. She's the most successful American Idol winner, according to Forbes and anybody else who has eyes and ears and a brain. More than Clay Aiken, who sang If I Was Invisible. (laughs) 
If I was invisible. I've never heard that song, but it does sound like. I just can't imagine who the audience for Clay Aiken is besides middle aged moms. Guys that look like Clay Aiken. You know, Carrie Underwood, um, you know, I was singing Shania songs earlier, but I can also sing Jesus Take the Wheel if you'd like. I don't want you to sing anything. Okay. Her fan base during her winning fourth season of American Idol, her fan base was known as Carrie's Care Bears. That's fucking stupid. Am I being mean and saying that? It's no, stupid. you're not. American Idol makes me nauseated to watch. Well, when do you watch it? Hardly ever. Is it even on anymore? It is. It. I've seen commercials. It's so overproduced and fake, it makes me ill to watch it. And Carrie's Care Bears is a great example of mm-hmm. the kind of horse shit that I cannot bear about American Idol. The only reason it used to be worth watching was for Simon. And I'm pretty sure he's been gone for a while now, for his, right? For his big luscious boobs. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the first thing people think of with he Simon. Have, I think most people think of... He wears very tight shirts and then has kind of meaty old man boobs. Well, now I got to look him up because I don't recall the meaty old man <laughs> He's boobs. got... He does. Just look up Simon Cowell Moob. I'm doing it. I mean, I don't know. He's in pretty good shape. They are meaty though. I'll, I'll give you that. But why can't he just wear a but, shirt that's not super tight and nobody would well, be saying that? Just go one size up and there's no longer a Simon Cowell moob search. Well, because then you wouldn't be Simon Cowell. Anyway, Simon hasn't been on the show and since then, any reason there was to watch and there was very little reason to begin with. left with his now tits. Mm-hmm. Now, Carrie Underwood is a practicing Christian. And she's also an animal lover and a vegan. And I like, this was my... F- <laughs> Two or three of those are <laughs> This was my favorite bad. fact about Carrie Underwood. She says she stopped eating meat at the age of 13 because she could not stand the thought of eating one of her own animals. Okay. Oh. Then don't eat your then own no animal then. No one's telling you to do that. No <laughs> one's encouraging you to eat any of your pets. Listen, Brandon, you just haven't let Jesus take the wheel enough to understand where she's coming Jesus from. Jesus takes a hard left into eating your dog. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's it for Carrie Underwood. I want to hear like Satan take the wheel. ACDC has a ton of songs like Satan take the wheel. I think we may have done a bit on Satan takes the wheel on this show. So, hmm. I'm having deja vu. Anyway... Uh, I'm going to give you, okay, so I got, let's see, where's my list? I have. We're only doing seven because okay. eight, nine, and ten were lame asses. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we're, all, we're stopping at seven, so you have six, four, and three. Okay, let me think for a minute. I think I know number one, but I'm trying to save it, but if I can't think of anyone you else, better. then. Uh... Okay, Taylor Swift used to be country before she sold out. No, so, she is considered country. She was number eight, nine, or ten in the full list. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to put Taylor Swift in the same list as some of these other accomplished artists. So, I left her out. And Carrie Underwood. <laughs> and Carrie Underwood. Out of everyone on this list, I got to say, I have the least amount of artistic respect probably for Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Well, Taylor Swift, definitely talented, but... She went a different path. She's not country anymore. No. All right, I was trying to save it, but I guess I'll do it. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is number one on the list. Knew it. And I will just admit right up front 
most of the reason why I decided to do this list was so I could specifically talk about my admiration for Dolly Parton. Well, I know next to nothing about her, so this will be a learning experience. She has 25 certified gold, platinum, or multi-platinum awards. She's had 25 songs reach number one on the Billboard Country Music Charts, a record for a female artist, uh, actually tied with Reba. She has 41 top 10 country albums, a record for any artist, and she has 110 charted singles. She's won nine Grammy Awards, been nominated 47 times, two Academy Award nominations, 10 country music... For what? What? Huh? Sorry. So, what were the... Well, keep going. I'll ask you. Two Academy Award nominations? Yeah. Well, at least one was for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. The other one may have been uh, for Best Song for I Will Always Love You. She wrote it. Obviously, she didn't perform it in... um, the bodyguard. I'm glad you said that because she wrote the song for Whitney Houston. She did not write right? it for Whitney Houston. We'll get to that. Okay. Cool your beans. Seven Academy of Country Music Awards, three American Music Awards. She's one of only seven female artists to win the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year Award. She's inducted in the Country Hall of Country Music Hall of Fame. She has composed more than three thousand songs. God. Including I Will Always Love You, a two-time U.S. country chart topper for her, as well as an international pop hit for Whitney Houston. So, it hit the top of the charts when it was originally released, when Whitney's version was released, and I believe Dolly Parton's version again when Whitney's version was popular. Uh, She's also one of the few to have received at least one nomination from the Academy Awards, Grammys, Tonys, and Emmys. Jesus. Nobody has killed it like Dolly Parton has killed it since the 60s. Also, she has the most humble and insanely rough-sounding upbringing. Dolly Rebecca Parton was born in 1946 in a one-room cabin on the banks of the Little Pigeon River in Pittman Center, Tennessee. Love Pittman Center this time of year. She was the fourth of 12 children. Nope. Living in this one-room cabin. That's rough. She described her family as dirt poor. She said the father, her father paid the doctor who helped deliver her as a baby uh, with a bag of cornmeal. Damn. At seven, she started playing a guitar. Now, remember I said Reba McIntyre taught herself to play guitar. That was a guitar I think an uncle or someone had given her. The guitar that Dolly Parton started playing at seven was, ma- was a homemade guitar. Yeah, and I won't go through like her whole career, but she has dominated and been her own boss since like the 70s. In 98, Nashville Business ranked her the wealthiest country music star. As of 2017, her net worth is estimated at $500 million. God damn. I realize that's like, that's up there with like the Beatles in terms of like net worth. Yeah, and it's almost as much as Donald Trump owes in taxes. Uh, but. You know, when I think Dolly Parton, I, for some reason, I always picture her with Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Did she, she do a lot of stuff with him? She didn't, I, she didn't do a ton with him. She had a pretty huge hit with him called Islands in the Stream. That was a duet. Yeah. Uh, she recorded other stuff with him, but yes, that's probably where you most recognize them from, uh, at least together. Were they a couple at any point? No. No. In fact, Dolly has been married to the same man, Carl Dean, since 1966. 
Holy shit. It's like unheard of in entertainment. A really interesting part about her. So, she married this guy named Carl. They're still married today. He is retired now, but he ran an asphalt road paving business in Nashville. She said that he has only seen her perform once. In person, you mean? Yeah. Wait, in all the, like even today in 2020? Yeah. I mean, I guess she could have said that like 10 years ago, but I I mean, I get... Even then, I mean, one time? He just prefers to stay completely out of the limelight. They renewed their vows on their 50th wedding anniversary in 2016. Hmm. Brandon, you think you and I will still be together in 50 years? Now I'll be dead. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Dolly's uh, feminine escapism is acknowledged in her words. She said, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. (laughs) Thanks to Dolly, currently over 1,600 local communities provide the Imagination Library to almost 850,000 children each month across the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, and the Republic of Ireland. It's a foundation that provides books. Every month, children are sent a book. Mm. But nearly a million children across the world receive a book every month, thanks to Dolly Parton. That's cool. Her two biggest hits, Jolene and I Will Always Love You, she wrote on the same evening in 1973. The whole song or the li- just the lyrics or what? No, the whole song. She's, uh, she's the full songwriter, yeah. So, here's a few last uh, quotes from Dolly that I think are pretty awesome. The, these things like this are the reason I think that she should be added to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I'm not offended by dumb blonde jokes just because I know that I'm not dumb. I also know that I'm not blonde. Because she dyed her hair, yes, I guess. that's the joke. I describe my look as a blend of Mother Goose, Cinderella, and the local hooker. Okay, no, wait. Cinderella, Mother Goose, and the local Mm -hmm. hooker. You know, I could see that actually when I was looking at her photos. Again, talking about how she looks, she says, it was never a marketing tool. People say that, but I dress this way for the same reasons I did when I first started doing it. It still comes from a serious place inside of me. I get up in the morning and I think I just look better a certain way. I do my makeup. I want to shine. I want to glitter. I'm not getting up thinking, oh, this will get them. And I'm not doing it to make a statement. I'm just doing it to look like Dolly, the only Dolly I know and the Dolly that you know. (laughs) And the last one, if I have one more facelift, I'll have a beard. If I have one more facelift, I'll have a beard. I can't believe it's going to take you this long to work work this joke out. If I have one more facelift, I'll have a beard. I don't get it. She's saying if the skin on the front of her gets lifted up anymore, her pubic hair will be high enough to count as a beard. (laughs) Oh, Dolly. You fucking jokester. (laughs) You dirty dog, Dolly. She's a dirty dog. I love love those kind of jokes. How much of this did you know about Dolly before today? Or before you did the The notes? Stuff that I didn't know. I didn't know that Jolene and I Will Always Love You were written on the same evening. But the rest of this I already knew. How did you already know all this? Because I'm a Dolly Parton fan. Because hmm. I, I know a bunch of shit. Well, well I, I, mean, I didn't know the, like, her long list of awards and accolades. You know, you are really full of yourself with your Dolly Parton knowledge, aren't you? I know, I know a lot of music stuff. Hmm. Well, do, my last, uh, well, I have two notes here. She has a new album out. Okay. A Holly Dolly Christmas. Uh-huh. 
and she's also got big old titties. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. She's 74. I'm looking at her Wikipedia. Very impressed with Dolly Parton. Not impressed with your knowledge of Dolly Parton, but Dolly Parton herself, I'm impressed with. Okay, so I need seven, five, and two. Mm-hmm. Is Bette Midler country? I don't think so. No, she's not. Yeah, she's more heavy metal. Leanne Rhymes. No. That's a good guess, though. Come on. Sure, but it's not, it's not one of these. <laughs> the Dixie Chicks. No. You know they sang that song about Earl having to die? Mm-hmm. That was fun. Okay, I can see you I'm struggling. Thinking, give me a medium hint. Not too big, not too small. Uh, number seven on this list. So, right now, Carrie Underwood sings the um, Sunday night football theme song on NBC that she's been waiting all day for Sunday night. Number yeah. seven on this list used to be the woman who sang the introduction to Sunday night football. Okay, so first you bring me a list to guess about something I know pretty much nothing about. And then your hint on guessing that list is something football from what, the 80s or 90s? Uh, About three or four years ago. Okay, well. (sighs) Number seven is also married to a country music artist. Is it Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks is a man. Right, right. Oh, what's her name? It's not her. It's not Trisha Yearwood. Oh, that's, well, that's what I was trying to think of. Okay, so it's not her. Damn, I'm struggling here. Are you sure there's more than just the four I've guessed in the entire world? Pretty sure. All right, I need another hint then. Uh, let's see. Tell me a song. Her three biggest songs. This Kiss, Breathe. Oh, this Kiss. Oh, it's, uh, fuck, it's Tim McGraw's wife. Uh, don't tell me, don't tell me. What is her name? Hmm. I know who it is. I just can't. Her name's escaping me. So just tell me. Tim McGraw's wife. Faith Hill. Faith Hill. I knew it. Number seven. Faith Hill is number seven. Her name is not Faith Hill either. She's a fraud and a phony. Yep. She was born Audrey Faith Perry in Ridgeland, Mississippi in 1967. She's 50. Faith is in there. She's 53 years old. She is also one of the most successful country artists of all time. More than 40 million albums sold worldwide. She has five Grammy Awards, 15 Academy of Country Music Awards, six American Music Awards. Her Soul to Soul 2 tour in 2006 with her husband Tim McGraw was the highest grossing country tour of all time. In 2001, she was named one of the 30 most powerful women in America by Ladies Home Journal. <laughs> okay. This is the authority on bestowing women uh, power in America. Uh, in 2009, Billboard named her as the number one adult contemporary artist of the 2000s. Hey, by the way, you know, I, I take notes every time we're doing an episode and I wrote down here. Run a name change of Tennis Podcast by a focus group for soul to soul. I think that, <laughs> I think that would be good for us. And then a spinoff, soul to soul, a Roman numeral too. Mm-hmm. Faith Hill was adopted as an infant 
her parents raised their raised her with their two biological sons in a devout Christian environment. So she grew up singing singing in churches, and at age nineteen she quit to move to Nashville. She auditioned to be a backup singer for Reba, but didn't get that job. She had different jobs like selling T-shirts, uh, being a secretary to a music publishing firm. Uh, she worked at McDonald's for a while in Nashville. Nothing to be ashamed of. No, but she did say she disliked it intensely. <laughs> and then, so she's married to Tim McGraw. So I was telling my wife earlier, I think this is one of those fake Hollywood bullshit weddings mm. or marriages. My wife said, they've been married a long time. And I said... So? Exactly. What's his name? John Travolta was married a long time to Kelly Preston. Are you there? Yeah, and he's having sex oh, with I thought, you, Well, you trailed off like you were saying something, but I yes. mean, I thought the rest was implied. No, no, it is. But for our listeners that might not be up to speed on John Travolta. He's a well-known bathhouse <laughs> user. Oh, yes. And he, well, yeah, there's lots of rumors out there about John Travolta. But so, anyways. The marriage Tim, means nothing in, in entertainment in Hollywood. Is their marriage a business decision? I don't know Tim McGraw and Faith Hill much more than their names. Although I do know the song, this kiss, this kiss. Don't do that anymore. But uh, I think them together, they do both seem very, I don't want to use the word fake, but. Yeah, it's bullshit. I don't know. Okay. I don't like Tim McGraw's hat and his whole look. You've got two left. I have serious doubts of your ability to guess okay. either of them at this point. So, okay, I'm going to need hints again on five and two. The best hint I can give you for number five is the coal miner's daughter. Coal miner's daughter. And if you don't know that, then I might as well just tell you who it is. I don't know that. It's Loretta Lynn. Oh, I saw her on Dolly Parton's wiki. Loretta okay. Lynn. Loretta Lynn is number five on the list. She's an original badass. She has multiple gold albums. Her career has spanned almost 60 years by now. Uh, she's the most awarded female country recording artist and the only female Academy Country Music Artist of the Decade, whatever the fuck that is. She sold more than 45 million albums worldwide. She's had 24 number one hit singles and 11 number one albums. Big whoop. She's famous for songs like You Ain't Man Enough to Take, or You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. <laughs> Don't Come Home a Drinkin' with Lovin' on Your Mind. One's on the Way, Fist City, and Coal Miner's Daughter, along with the 1980 film by the same name. Well, now tell me the name of that song. Don't Come Home, Don't Come Home a Drinkin' with a Lovin' on Your Mind. With a Lovin' on Your Mind. Now, does, how does she spell the, the come a homa? Don't Come Home. A dash drinking. <laughs> um, Come on. She was born in 1932 in Butcher Hollow, Kentucky. Her father was a coal miner who died at age 52 of the black lung. Mm. In 1948, Loretta Lynn was 15 years old and she married 21 year old Oliver Vanetta Lynn, who went by the nickname Doolittle Lynn. Also, his, his middle name, name was. His, his nickname was Dew. It was Doolittle, but then people called him Dew. They had only met a month earlier. They left Kentucky and moved to a logging community in Custer, Washington. 
when she was seven months pregnant with the first of their six children. They had some rough years of marriage. Do ran around on her while she was at home raising kids and writing songs like in her spare time. Uh, but then like in other weird ways, he was oddly like supportive of her too. In 1953, he bought her a guitar and she taught herself how to play it. And over the next three years, she worked on guitar playing and started her own band. Now, this, this is a part where it starts like, I don't know. I just never thought about it this way. She married some guy when she was 15 and mm-hmm. when she was seven, month pre- seven months pregnant, she moved across the country to a place she'd never been before. She started raising kids and at the same time taught herself how to play guitar and then... Six kids too. Six kids. Yeah. And then in the mid-50s, when a woman was supposed to like stay at home with the kids, she started a band, Loretta and the Trailblazers. Wow. They started playing in, in like bars and dance halls in Washington. Uh, she cut her first record, I'm a Honky Tonk Girl, in 1960. <laughs> No, wait, were you just reading the name of your diary or no. were you saying the, the no. name of her soul? So, she was married to this guy, this dude named Du for almost 50 years until he died in 1996 at age 69. In 2002, her autobiography came out and she did this interview with CBS News and she talked about how her husband had cheated on her regularly and once left her while she was giving birth. Oh my God. She and her husband fought frequently, but she said that he never hit me one time that I didn't hit him back twice. Uh, she is so he that, did hit her. Yeah, that's what, that's what she's saying. She, she said, these are her exact words. I married Du when I wasn't but a child and he was my life from that day on. But as important as my youth and upbringing was, there's something else that made me stick to Du. He thought I was something special, more special than anyone else in the world and he never let me forget it. That belief would be hard to shove out the door. Do is my security, my safety net. And just remember, I'm explaining, not excusing. Do was a good man and a hard worker, but he was an alcoholic and it affected our marriage all the way through. I don't know, I just thought it was really interesting for someone that, like who went through all that as a 15-year-old marrying a 21-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, as a grown, up, grown woman to, yeah, and know, she, to talk about that stuff. It sounds like he was cheating on her from the very beginning. Yeah, he was a bad dude the whole time. But I mean, it also sounds like there, you know, there's two sides to this guy. He also believed in her and encouraged her. And um, the last thing I'll say about Loretta Lynn is she has a really cool album called Van Leer Rose. came out in 2004. It was produced by Jack White. And Jack White performs, I think, on almost all the songs, if not all of them. And I think it's, it's a really cool album. I also think it's uh, really interesting to note that this was in 2004. It was like a year after the White Stripes like broke and became huge. And Jack White probably could have worked with whoever he wanted to and kind of produced any number of mm-hmm. bands, albums. And he wanted to work with Loretta Lynn and made yeah. a really cool album. What's the album called? Van Leer Rose. Tell me her husband's real name again. Oliver Vanetta Doolittle Lynn better known as Doolittle or Do. But his middle name was pretty close to Loretta. Veneta, yes. So, that's kind of neat. Also close to Velveeta. That's also true. Yeah, I don't know any Loretta Lynn songs but I do want to hear I'm a Honky Tonk Girl and the, the, the A Drinkin' One. Uh, did, she, so, did she remarry? 
No, she's just, now she's just old and doing whatever she wants. Okay. So, the last one on the list, you might be able to guess, it's definitely a famous name. She was a friend and contemporary of Loretta Lynn. She okay. died the age of 30 in a plane crash. What year did she die? 1963. Oh, damn. I don't know if I'm going to get it. Hmm. Her songs were I Fall to Pieces, Walking After Midnight, and Crazy. Crazy also, I believe, is the most popular jukebox song of all time, written by Willie Nelson. Hey, that's a good top 10 list to store away for a future date. Oh, I have. Okay. Yeah, I wonder how you'd even tell that. Anyway, I don't know this person. I mean, maybe I do, but I don't. It's not ringing a bell. Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline, number two. Yeah, you definitely know the songs. Patsy Cline is number two on the list. She was a part of the Nashville sound during the late 50s and early 60s and then successfully crossed over to pop music and was one of the most influential, successful, and acclaimed vocalists of the 20th century. Like I mentioned before, she died at the age of 30 in 1963 in a crash of a private airplane. Most of her millions of records sold have been since her death. She's won awards and accolades, uh, causing many to viewers an icon. She was the first female solo artist inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1973. She was born Virginia Patterson Hensley in 1932 mm-hmm. in Winchester, Virginia. Do not know where the name Patsy Klein came from. Patterson. That's probably the Patsy part. Uh, and so, in March 1963, she appeared at a benefit show in Kansas City, Kansas, not Kansas City, Missouri. She was returning home to Nashville and boarded a plane along with other country performers, the Cowboy Copas, Hawkshaw Hawkins, and manager Randy Hughes. They hit rough weather and the plane crashed outside of Camden, Tennessee, killing everybody on board. Oh, it killed everybody. Yeah. Damn. Were the others big names? No, I don't think any of the other ones were big. It's not like it's not like that plane that went down the day the music died. It's not like when like Buddy Holly and who else was it? I don't remember. I don't know. Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that plane. Really? Yeah, he gave his seat up to. Oh God, I can't remember who it was. I I don't think it was Buddy Holly, but he he gave his seat up to like maybe it was Richie Valens. I don't know. He, Waylon Jennings gave his seat up on that plane and then lived on to do a lot of cocaine. I never thought Waylon Jennings and Seth MacFarlane would have a lot in common, but I think it was Seth MacFarlane, isn't it, that said that he was, he had yeah, a he ticket for the 9-11, yeah. uh, but he, I think he slept in or something and he missed his flight. Anyway, he would have died. So, um, Patsy Cline was, I mentioned before, was a contemporary and a friend of Loretta Lynn. Their friendship has been the subject of books, songs, films, and other projects. They first met when Loretta Lynn performed I Fall to Pieces on the radio shortly after Patsy Cline had a car accident in 1961. And Damn, she pa- just can't catch a break with these accidents. No, she, yeah. She heard the broadcast and sent her husband to go pick up Loretta Lynn so that they could meet. According to Lynn, they became close friends right away. And Lynn later described their friendship in detail, saying, she taught me a lot about show business, like how to go on a stage and how to, and how to get off. And I had to read that twice to understand how to get off stage. <laughs> she even bought me a lot of clothes. She even bought me curtains and drapes for my house because I was too broke to buy them. 
She was a great human being and a great friend. Lynn also noted that they became so close that Klein even gave her underwear. Lynn still has the underwear in storage, saying it was well made. Wait, Patsy gave Loretta her underwear? Yes. Why? And Loretta Lynn, I don't know. <laughs> this was the part, like I kept this whole part because I just wanted to get to the part where Loretta Lynn said that Patsy Klein gave her some of her underwear and she still has the underwear in storage, saying that it was well made. I wonder what those would go for right now on eBay. They, I mean, it has to- Hit me up, Loretta. We'll make some money together. It's got to be a lot of money, but why would you hold on to 60-year-old borrowed underwear, no matter how well-made? I'm still hanging on to the underwear I stole from your bedroom a few years ago without you knowing. Well, I mean, how long is the sniffing still good on a pair of underwear? Surely after 60 years, there's no more musk. (laughs) Musk. So then Loretta probably wore the underwear, right? That's, I mean, why else would she be loaned the underwear if not to wear it? That's probably how she knew they were well made because she had mm-hmm. worn him to do lunges around the house. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. Loretta lunges. If there's anything to take away from this episode, it's go listen to Dolly Parton's albums that were released before like 1983 and go listen to um, Van Leer Rose by Loretta Lynn. And my takeaway is to listen to Jesus Take the Wheel by the songbird of our generation and all-around good person, maybe Carrie Underwood. Compare Loretta Lynn, like marrying a 21-year-old at age 15, getting pregnant, moving across the country, raising kids while teaching herself to play guitar so she can pursue her true passion and like playing in bars and clubs as a woman leading a band in the 1950s and all the bullshit she's had to deal with her whole life or Dolly Parton growing up like on the dirt floor and then compare that mm-hmm. to like Carrie Underwood went on a like got her hair and makeup done for six weeks and then won a television show. Brian, I don't know if you remember this but you and I know someone that went to high school with Carrie Underwood. Remember? Um, or no, 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 no. I, think, I don't think they went to high school. I think they came across each other from mutual friends, not at the same high school. Anyway. Uh, Carrie's a bitch, according to this person. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Well, anyway. You know who's not a bitch? Who? Dolly Parton. Brandon likes Dolly Parton. I had no idea. But now I know if it's not been made clear, Brandon really likes Dolly Parton. But you know what? After hearing about her, I do too. Now, am I going to go listen to her music? No. But she still sounds pretty great. Yeah, well, something else you should do is if you want to get the first look at upcoming Tennis Podcast episodes weeks in advance uh, and not wait till release day, you can join our newsletter subscribers who are the first to know about episode topics weeks in advance. Newsletter subscribers are also the only ones in the whole universe to see Brandon's exclusive monthly blog, The Sidekick Corner. You can get all this and a lot more once per month in your inbox. Super quick and easy to sign up. It takes 30 seconds and all we need is your email address and social security number. Just go to tennispod.com slash newsletter. That's 10ishpod.com slash newsletter. Yes. Do that. All right. Did I get through all seven? You did. Do you ever just sit back and think, man, way to go, Nick. I'm glad I'm his friend. I'm glad I'm his sidekick host. Rarely. How often do you do that? Once a day? Twice a day? So, that top seven again, uh, seven was Faith Hill, 
Six was Reba McIntyre. Five was Loretta Lynn. Four was Carrie Underwood. Three, Jesus, take the wheel. Three, Sh- Shania Twain. Two, Patsy Cline. And number one, Dolly Parton. I'm okay with this list. You know, in my very uh, novice country music, I listen to 0% country in my life. But from the little I do know and from what I've learned today, I take Carrie Underwood out, Faith Hill, mm, but the rest are pretty strong line up there. Yeah. That's why, that's why they're up there. Cool. Well, that was a hell of a time. It was nice to get through a, music, a country music episode without talking about shitty Garth Brooks. Well, he's our Voldemort. We're not going to mention him. <laughs> what we are going to mention is some podcast reviews to close us out. Bath Dad. <laughs> is that you? On Apple Podcasts? What does that mean, Bath Dad? I don't know. Okay, well. You're either the father of a bathtub or you're a father that lives in a bathtub. I don't know. But Bath Dad says, Tennis Podcast is informative. Nick and Brandon are mildly combative but comical and thought-provoking. I absolutely subscribed. Give these dudes a listen or else you're a coward. I agree with that. Would you say we're mildly combative? Is that strong enough for you? Um, you definitely seem like you wanted to combat me and fight me a few times this episode. Uh, well, uh, Okay, well, you don't I, have I don't to know. answer I'm that. I'm to come up with an answer. No, I never, I did not feel combative. All right. Well, thank you, Bath Dad, and we hope that your bathtub is extremely comfortable tonight as you listen. Movie Toaster Adam on Apple Podcasts says, if anyone wants to learn a thing or two about just about anything under the sun, they could easily read the news or surf the web. But if you want to learn about everything in a fun, upbeat style, this is the podcast for you. These guys have fun and it shows. No matter what the subject is, they seem to hit record and just have a blast with one another. And then this is in all caps. Thanks for teaching me a few nice things and giving me laughs along the way. What a weird thing to capitalize. Well. But you're welcome. I'm glad that's the most emphatic part. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you for the reviews. And if you want me to read or yell your reviews or make fun of the bathtub you live in, just write us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can also search for Tennis Podcast on podchaser.com and write a review there. Brandon, I'm exhausted. This is a peek behind the curtain here, but we did this, we did back-to-back recording tonight, which we never usually do, so. It's probably why we sound so lame. I need to get my ass to bed. Yep. Yeah. I can't imagine how you feel. You must be dying. So, do you want to talk uh, about Dolly Parton for a few more hours, or do you want to go to bed? I'm done. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for my list on episode 109. Thanks.